my, the, the topics I've chosen to pick out as, as not perhaps having been covered as fully as, as one might have wanted in this conference are proliferation, space, and terrorism. And I'll just give a few slides on each of those. First of all, uh, proliferation, I just, that's the first one, definitions, and I think it's, it's fairly obvious. Um, uh, under proliferation, uh, uh, the, the numbers which we've seen represented also by uh, uh, that nice map that CSWIP uh, presented for us. Uh, of the 190 member states of the United Nations, uh, uh, only a small number uh, are uh, not in principle uh, committed to uh, uh, non-proliferation. Uh, and the, uh, uh, the ones that, that are, are not, in a sense, uh, uh, non-proliferation committed uh, are the nuclear, first of all, the nuclear weapon states defined in the non-NPT. Non Secondly, uh, nuclear armed states, which everybody knows uh, have nuclear weapons, even if they haven't formally announced it, and that's Israel, India, Pakistan, and North Korea. And then uh, a larger but ill-defined number of countries, which have either have uh, taken or have been accused of taking steps towards developing a, na a national nuclear weapon capability. And uh, in, in alphabetical order, but no indication of what their present status, those included Egypt, Iran, Iraq, Kazakhstan, and other, other two countries in the former, former Soviet Union, uh, Libya, Myanmar, South Africa, Sweden, and Taiwan. And in most cases, by now, most of those countries have agreed to discontinue their nuclear weapons program and have transferred all their nuclear materials elsewhere. For example, Kazakhstan, along with Belarus and Ukraine, which have repatriated their, their nuclear weapons to Russia. And there's a further category of what, what has been called a nuclear breakout capability, which for those countries which might be able to produce one or more weapons quickly and with little warning. Uh, and uh, on the whole, people have not wanted to talk about those in the hopes that the problem will go away. Uh, but one that's currently alive is Japan, because it has a large stockpile of separated plutonium created by its uh, civil nuclear pro program. And uh, on all of those, I, I invite you to consult Wikipedia if you want to see that the status of those various assertions. Uh, now, what are the anti-proliferation measures? And of course, the most obvious one and the most dramatic one is the NPT itself, for which there are 191 signatures and only uh, Israel, India, Israel, North Korea, Pakistan and South Sudan have for one reason or another chosen not to sign it. Uh, but the, it's always been aware by, by its signatories that it has its weaknesses and so, so the NPT or, or community were very grateful when the International Atomic Energy Association, uh, working with the NPT signatories, uh, promulgated their additional protocol, which was a, a, a model document, which, uh, which was people at the IEA were inviting nations to, to, to sign uh, alongside the NPT itself, uh, because it 
uh, greatly increase uh, the, uh, uh, the, the NPT's requirements for information and access, uh, in, primarily by the IAEA inspectorate, uh, to establish that states were using nuclear material solely for peaceful purposes. And, and there's less signatures of the additional protocol, uh, but there's nevertheless 150 of them. Uh, they're not all have ratified. Uh, uh, and, uh, and even that semi-signatory uh, state uh, 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 has value. For example, Iran uh, uh, signed, but had not yet, yet ratified its AP, but did choose to implement it from 2003 to 2006. Uh, and, and that's an indication of, of the, the willingness of the non-signatories uh, to, to be inspected in, in a much more uh, powerful and comprehensive manner. Uh, and it's only recently that the NPT has been under severe threat, uh, and that's been uh, primarily because of uh, the non-nuclear weapon signatories who've been expressing their disillusion of the failure of the nuclear weapon states to make progress in implementing their commitment under Article 6 of the NPT to, quote, pursue negotiations in good faith on effective measures blah, blah, towards nuclear disarmament. And that is, a, almost everybody would agree, a very legitimate charge. Uh, and it's progressively led to uh, some uh, countries and some, a lot of individuals seeking an alternative or complementary approach to the NPT in the form of the UN Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons, the TPNW. Uh, and that has actually enter, entered into force because of, uh, under its own Article 15, it only required 40 members to, to have, uh, uh, to have uh, uh, approved it for it to enter into force. And the, the, the weakness of, of the TPNW is that it has been noted in uh, earlier speakers uh, has, has not been signed by any of the, uh, uh, the NPT specified uh, nuclear states uh, or, or by a number of other uh, 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 de facto nuclear states. And therefore, precisely the countries that matter have, have not uh, agreed to move rapidly towards the, the objective of TPNW, which is the moving towards the ultimate goal of the total elimination of nuclear weapons. Uh, 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 the one other thing which, which as I mentioned with my nuclear uh, industry hat on uh, is that uh, 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 there's one other community which works on control of nuclear weapons, which are those uh, which were set up uh, to control the flow or export of sensitive nuclear materials and equipment between states, and particularly between nuclear weapon states and non-nuclear weapon states. And those are the Zanger Committee and the Nuclear Suppliers Group. And both of those are quite large international bodies with 30 or 40 members. And they set the rules about, uh, in, in great detail, about what uh, materials and, and systems may be exported from, uh, from nuclear weapon countries to non-nuclear weapon countries. And, uh, uh, and those, uh, those have been greatly supported by uh, uh, further activities along the same line 
with the endorsement of uh, a succession of US presidents of the years, uh, and, uh, and those further, further endorsements have, have uh, achieved strong national government support worldwide. So there's some good news about. So that's on the non-proliferation front. Then nuclear activities in space, and that's been very well covered already, and I don't propose to, to say more about that. Um, uh, the, uh, the whole business of, of weapon, uh, having international legislation against the weaponization of space is still at a very early stage, principally because it's raised such issues of ethical and technological nature, which are yet unsolved. And I cite the, the Google article on international law, nuclear weapons in space. Uh, and lastly, but that this has been mentioned in, in several previous presentations, is nuclear terrorism. And uh, uh, I don't propose to go into the detail on this slide, uh, but simply to say that uh, uh, it happens that uh, uh, until fairly recently, the nuclear community uh, regarded that as a subject that they did, did not wish to publish anything on or, or uh, and certainly to edit very carefully before its publication. Uh, so I take some liberty pride in the fact that I believe that I was the first to publish uh, a serious scholarly article on nuclear terrorism, which I published in the year 2005. But I, I took in that, I, I got the permission of my employer, the Atomic Energy Authority, uh, to publish, uh, and they knew that I'd taken great care not to cite any inf inf nuclear information which was not already in the public domain. And uh, since then, the technology procedures to detect uh, uh, preparations for nuclear terrorism have, have greatly improved. Uh, and I express the final hope that any potential terrorist redeemed would, would decide to find better uses for his or her time. So that's all I want to say, and uh, except to wind up this session because we're now 